I'm going to be talking about the Luke reading where Yeshua goes into a Pharisee's house and the woman comes and anoints his feet and so forth. There's two instances like this. The other one is also in Luke, Luke 18. And although they're superficially the same, they're in fact very different. So I want to take you to the Luke 18 passage first because that gives a setup to what's going on, whereas the passage in Luke 7 is just sort of a recording of what happened. In Luke 18, it's a parable, so he gives the setup, explains what's going on, and then gives the lesson. Now, the lesson he gives is different than the lesson in Luke 7, but the setup is the same. So let's go to the setup here. So I'm in Luke 18, and I'm going to start in verse 9. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. There's your setup. Those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and because they trusted in themselves, they treated other people who they regarded as less righteous with contempt. The setup is the same in both situations, but in Luke 18 it's explicitly stated. So, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And of course you all know that in biblical economy, tax collectors are terrible sinners. So. The fact that the woman in Luke 7 is described as a sinner, we have basically the same dichotomy set up. Verse 11, the Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Verse 12, I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So there's the setup, if you will, for the Luke 7 passage. There's some differences. One of the differences is... In the Luke passage that Mike read, you'll notice that one of the things that does not happen is the woman never utters a word. She doesn't say anything. We got no idea why she's there. Now, you can sort of infer from what Yeshua does in forgiving her sins, but she doesn't come asking for anything. She simply comes and anoints his feet, washes his feet with her tears, dries them with her hair, etc. First big difference. The tax collector is going to pray and he's asking for something. What he's asking for is that God have mercy on him. Now, just as sort of an aside, if you will, I have no idea if having received mercy, he turns around, gives up his profession as a tax collector, goes off and becomes a righteous guy, We have no idea what happens after that. He may be one of these guys that comes into the temple once a week to pray for the sins that he did last week with the 
firm intention of going back out next week and doing it all over again. But we've got no idea. There are people like that, by the way. <clears throat> the other thing about this that is interesting, and this is where they are the same. The Pharisee looks at others with contempt. He says, God, I'm doing you a real big favor here. I'm this really righteous guy, and I'm coming in here, and I am telling you how righteous I am, and I am giving you praise. You really ought to be grateful to me. That's sort of his attitude. Now, let's go back to Luke 7. The first thing the Pharisee says in his heart, hmm, if this guy were a real prophet, he would know what kind of a woman this is, and he would surely object to her even being in his presence, much less touching him. So thing one, the Pharisee is not inviting Yeshua to have supper in his house with the intention of learning anything from Yeshua. What this is, is what I fondly call the Baptist rectal exam. I've been through them. Years and years ago, many of you have heard this story. Our two sons, when they went through their teenage rebellion, became Baptists. We were horrified. And they came to this church. So the elders and the, and the preacher and so forth sort of knew who we were. We tried twice to come to this church and rent space. We succeeded the second time. We failed the first time. And the reason we failed the first time is we went into their elder board and their pastor, who was a different pastor than Pastor Sam, who's the pastor now, and we got this rectal exam. What do you guys believe? So you follow the Torah. Well, do you do this? Do you do that? Well, yes, we do that, but no, we don't do that. Ah, you don't follow the law. And, and, and I'm using Baptists as an example because they're the ones that did it last time. Other churches do the same thing. We do the same thing. I'm not particularly casting stones at Baptists, but whenever somebody new comes in or wants to do something, you get this third degree. And that's what the Pharisee is planning to do with Yeshua. Furthermore, one of the things that you should notice is that the Pharisee treats Yeshua with contempt. Doesn't offer him water for his feet. Doesn't do any of the things that would be normal hospitality in that culture if you have an honored guest coming into your house. He does none of that. So what's going on here is this is a setup for the third degree. That's the purpose of the supper. And yeah, we may give you something to eat in the process, but what we really want to do is we want to string you out, find out exactly what you believe, and, oh, by the way, see if we can trip you up on anything. That's what's going on. And the woman, as she comes in, she says nothing. Now, we don't actually know why she's there. We don't know anything. It's just that she shows up and goes to his feet 
and they would have been reclining at table, and so his feet are out there flopping in the wind. And by the way, notice that in the conversation that Yeshua has with the Pharisee, he says, you gave me no oil for my head, she touches my feet. You didn't give me water to wash my feet. It's head and feet. The woman is focusing on the feet. The Pharisee is not doing the stuff about the head that he's supposed to. You see the difference there in the treatment. And then, of course, we have this parable about two debtors. And the Pharisee, of course, answers correctly that the one who has the greater debt forgiven would probably be more grateful. That's cool. I kind of agree with that. So does Yeshua and so does the Pharisee. We're, We're all okay there. So, one of the things that is happening in the Luke 18 passage is the Pharisee is not going to the temple to pray so much as he is going to the temple to boast. And he's standing off by himself and he's praying out loud and I expect everyone within earshot is hearing his boasting. And I will suggest to you that in modern Christianity there's a lot of that that goes on. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace? It rolls right off their tongue. I'm certain that they intellectually understand that But what that is, is a way of saying, I get to criticize you from a position of humility. A lot of these little Christian catchphrases that we get are very similar to the prayer of the Pharisee in the second Luke reading. Because what the Pharisee in the second Luke reading is doing is he is thanking God. I thank you that I'm not like these other people. In other words, it is phrased in terms of thanks and praise. But Yeshua makes it very clear that that's not what's going on. We do the same thing. We have these little catchphrases that we use that allow us to say things that we probably shouldn't say from a position of humility. You've heard the term humble brag? That's what we're talking about there. The Pharisee is going before God and giving him thanks, which perfectly acceptable attitude to have. Give God thanks. Good thing. But he's not using it that way. He's using it as a humble brag. And Yeshua, in the parable, points that out. Now, I said to you that these are very different even though the setup is identical. And the difference is that Yeshua says of the tax collector, that guy left justified because his prayer was genuine. He came before God and said, I'm a sinner. The only thing I can count on is your mercy, and that's what I'm asking for. So Yeshua in the parable says, this guy is praying legitimately. The Pharisee is doing what we would call a humble brag. And God can tell the difference. 
there's a difference in the first historical vignette because what Yeshua specifically says in verse 47, Luke 7, 47, talking to Simon, Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. There's your difference. No talk about love or anything else in the parable in Luke 18. What Yeshua is saying here is this woman came in here and she didn't say a word. She has not asked for anything. All she is doing is loving on me. Now, he, of course, knows what's in her heart and knows what she needs, but she's not asking for anything. She's simply coming and loving on him. And what he is saying is, those who think they are righteous are deficient in love. And they don't show love for their fellow man whom they regard as inferior. That's what's going on in both of the parables which you have in the case of the so-called righteous one, the Pharisee in Luke 18 and the Pharisee in Luke 6, both of them regard themselves as better than other people. And what that regarding as better does is it kills love. That's what Yeshua is saying. There's a joke, which I'm sure you've all heard. Two guys are out hiking, and they look off, and there's a bear. And this bear sees them and starts coming. The first guy gets down on his knees and starts praying. The second guy laces up his boots. And the first guy on his knees says, What are you doing? You can't outrun a bear. Ha! I don't have to outrun the bear. I just need to outrun you. That's your Pharisee. I don't need to outrun the bear. I just need to outrun you. In other words, I'm better than you are. And as long as I'm better than you are, God's going to take you and deal with you, but I'm going to be running out ahead and the bear's not going to get me. That's the attitude. That's the attitude of the Pharisee in both cases. And what God says and Yeshua says is no. That's the wrong standard. In God's case, the standard is absolute. Just because you're faster than this guy doesn't mean that I take this guy and I'll let you run. That ain't the way it works. But that's the way we think. I do. I suspect many of you do too. In fact, I guess probably all of you do. We look upon others and we say, well, huh, at least I don't do that. At least I'm better than that. And what God says is, yeah, that's probably true. But it's irrelevant. Because what you're doing when you have that attitude toward others is you are squashing love for them. Remember the passage we read a week or two ago, don't judge another servant, or judge not lest you be judged, and so forth. That's what that's talking about. That's where you hold yourself up and say, well, boy, at least I don't have bacon breath or whatever. And yeah, it's good that you don't have bacon breath. That's a good thing. It's okay. 
but that doesn't make you better than your neighbor who does have bacon breath. You've all heard this. I will repeat. The Torah is not designed to confer righteousness. It is inadequate for that. Paul says it. Moses says it. God says it. Yeshua says it. That's not the purpose of the Torah. What the purpose of the Torah is, is to help you organize your society and your life so you stay out of trouble. That's what it's designed to do. And if you follow it, it does that, pretty much. Our Pharisee here, I'm sure, regarded himself as following the Torah to the letter. Yet Yeshua looks at him and says, you got no love in your heart there, Jack. That's what the message is. Because he says of the woman, this woman loves much. By inference of you, you don't. You understand he didn't say it, but that's the inference there. You don't love much. And what's the primary commands in the Torah? Love God, love your neighbor. The rest is details. Now, the details are important. Don't get me wrong. The details are really important because that's what allows you to have a good and just society. That's what the Torah is designed for. But the heart of the Torah is love God, love your neighbor. And in both of these vignettes that we're talking about in Luke, the failure on the part of the Pharisee is a failure of love. He's doing all the mechanical stuff. He's tithing and he's what all else. He's doing all that. And because he's doing all that, he has a misunderstanding. He's thinking that doing all that is the thing that has made him righteous. No. It just means he's a really well-behaved sinner. And being a really well-behaved sinner is, I suppose, better than being a poorly behaved sinner. But in God's economy, you both got problems here, and I need to deal with both of you. And again, don't get me wrong. Being a well-behaved sinner is a whole lot better than being a poorly behaved sinner. But if you don't understand that God's standard is love him, love your neighbor, then you've missed the point. And then you become self-righteous. Which I will suggest to you, most churches are. And we are too, by the way. I'm not excluding us. One of the things I routinely do is I throw rocks at the Sunday church because of the stuff that they're doing wrong. And they are, in my opinion, doing it wrong. But understand that I cannot stand here from a position of righteousness simply because I don't have bacon breath. Not having bacon breath is important. But that doesn't give me some kind of a morally elevated platform from which I can throw stones at anybody else. And that's what the point of this vignette in Luke's is. And I'll take you to Micah, which we just did on Tuesday night. He has told you, old man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Notice, do justice, that's mechanics. But what do you love? You love kindness, chesed. Which means that you love 
your neighbors. That's the whole point of love your enemies. That's all talking about the same thing in different ways. And what the woman who is washing Yeshua's feet is demonstrating is she is able to get out of her own way, leave her pride at the door, and come to Yeshua and just demonstrate love. Now, the fact that he also happens to be God is, you know, she sort of kills two birds with one stone there. But she doesn't know that. I mean, she knows that he's able to do signs and wonders. She knows that he is able to forgive sins. She knows all that because all those things have happened before. So you can sort of infer why she's there. But she doesn't come there asking for anything. She simply comes there to love him. That's all. And he recognizes, and of course, since he's God, he knows what she needs, and he gives it to her. If for no other reason than as an object lesson to the Pharisee. By the way, it's not really good to be an object lesson, but you don't want to do that either. So the point is, she needs to change her lifestyle. She needs to quit being a sinner. Her behavior needs to change. The same thing with the tax collector. He needs to change his behavior. Just because he's been forgiven doesn't mean that he gets to go back and put that forgiveness in the bank and say, okay, i got some heavy sinning to do, but i got this bank of forgiveness here and I'll be good until next Shabbat. That's not the message. The message is, love God, love your neighbor. And show that. And if you do that, one of the things that happens is people will be able to tell. It is not terribly good evangelism to go out and start yelling at people. You can eat that stuff? God says don't eat that. That's not attractive. What's attractive is care, affection, genuine concern, loving your neighbor. That's attractive. And if you can do that, you'll be very effective. You all have been praying today when we did the set prayers that we would be effective in his kingdom. That's how you do it. And I've got to tell you, I'm not very good at it. Not standing here telling you I'm really good at it, because I'm not. But that's the standard. Go out and do likewise.